0: You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Good morning. Good morning. Am I the only one in the room that gets wrecked by that song? Oh. Okay, now I got to preach. Hey, but real quick, before I dive in here, uh, I'm Pastor Randy. It's good to be with you guys this morning. Um, We have some uh, commitment cards. Many of you are involved in our area of influence, strategic initiative. Many of you have uh, been a part of that for about a year and a half now. Some of you are just joining and being a part of that right now. You've been to some of our vision briefings over on the campus and just wanted to remind you that next Sunday is Commitment Sunday. And so if you need another card, uh, you've lost the one you got or anything like that, we've got some of these on the table there. Um, outside in the lobby. So take advantage of that. Okay, so we've been in this series called This is the Life, um, our study through the book of 1 John. And if you want to get right to that, we're going to be in chapter four this morning, the first six verses of 1 John chapter four. James Marshall was the first to discover gold in California in 1848. And the 49ers who followed him, they used this term Eureka, meaning I have found it. And other would-be prospectors quickly learned that not everything, though, that appeared to be gold actually was. Riverbeds and rock quarries could be full of golden specks that were nevertheless entirely worthless. And we know this as what? Fool's gold. Fool's gold, right. It It was actually iron pyrite. And miners had to be very careful to distinguish it from the real thing. So their very livelihood depended on this and experienced miners could usually distinguish this pyrite from gold by simply looking at it. I got a picture up there for you. Kind of obvious which one's the gold. But they could, they did, so the real gold was, uh, so they had these tests that they had to do to determine what was real and what was false. What was true gold and what was fool's gold. And so they, they put these tests together. One test was they would bite it because gold is softer than the human tooth. Now, ladies, don't all rush home, grab all your jewelry, and start biting on it, see if your man got you the real stuff or not. But anyway, um, a second test involves scraping the rock on a piece of white stone like ceramic, because true gold would leave a yellow streak, whereas the residue from the fool's gold is like this greenish-black color. But, color. but in either case, the miners relied on these tests to authenticate their fines, their fortune, their livelihood, everything depended on the results of these tests and ladies, you can go home and do a couple other tests too, like the magnet test. gold 's not magnetic, the fool 's gold is. you could drop it in water and gold will you know sink, and other stuff won 't. but anyway that 's for you. But spiritually speaking, like the gold rushers of the mid 1800s, we today find ourselves. In a very similar position when we're confronted with various doctrines various religious teachings all of which claim to be true we have got to be able to tell those that are biblically sound from those that are not as was true in the gold rush days just because something's glitters doesn't mean it's right we need to be equally wary of spiritual fool's gold We must not accept something as true without first testing it to see if it lines up with the Bible, with the Word of God. If we fail to do the test, if the teaching we're hearing or reading um, online or watching on television or reading on Facebook or on a tweet on Twitter or whatever it is, if it fails the test, we have to discard it as false and we have to warn others too. But if it passes the test, in keeping with the truth of God's word, we can embrace it and we can endorse it. And so today we find ourselves in 1 John chapter 4. This parallels part of 1 John chapter 2 that Pastor Ryan preached a few weeks ago in week five of the series, because the apostle uh, John, he knew that his readers, when he penned this, like us today, were under attack from false teachers. And so he lays out for us today a very practical strategy that we can use to distinguish between true spiritual riches and doctrinal fool's gold. See, the the California gold prospectors would cry, Eureka, only when they found the true gold. And when it comes to teachings that we are listening to, that we are reading, that we are studying, even famous, well-known teachers out there We have to be careful to do the same and so turn with me in your bibles or go on the U version bible app Uh, you can go to the event for today to search for north valley uh, north valley church on the on the event it's all right there but let's stand for the reading of god's word this morning so john writes first john chapter four starting in verse one beloved do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that can, and every spirit, I lost my place. By this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is already was coming and is now in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This is the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And so here, John gives us a command to test the spirits, a reason to test the spirits, and a way to test the spirits. To test what is biblical truth from what is false teaching. So number one, John gives us a command to test. He said there in the first part of verse one, do not believe every spirit. Don't believe everything you hear. Having just discussed the the abiding work of the Holy Spirit in true believers that we looked at last Sunday at the end of chapter 3, John now makes this transition to the work of unholy spirits, of false teachers and their false uh, teachings. In fact, that literally translates there, stop believing. It was already happening, and it's happening today. It's in the present tense there, stop believing. John's readers were accepting the message of false teachers, and they needed to stop. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. I was reading this story about John Norstad. He's a a Northwestern University systems engineer and computer guru, a techie guy, and he once discovered the source of many of our computer viruses. He, He went to a conference in Europe back in 1992, and he met many of the PC antiviral community. And he met this one fellow, a Bulgarian guy, who told him about the Bulgarian virus writing factory. Evidently, during the communist heyday, the KGB trained and paid PC programmers to break Western copy protection schemes. It was an official piracy program. And then when the government fell in Bulgaria, all these people were out of work and they were bitter. So they formed virus writing clubs. And they set about infecting the PC community across the entire planet. A significant percentage of the PC viruses came out of a group of disaffected hackers who had formerly worked for the communists. And this is what happens with false teachers. They're led by evil spirits, Satan and his demons. They're a lot like the people in these virus writing clubs. They destroy what is valuable. They intentionally pump error into the world to deceive and destroy people. And John starts right off here in the very first words of this passage saying to us today, beloved, or your Bible might say, dear children, stop believing everything you hear on TV, everything you read on social media, even when it sounds positive and Christian-like and biblical, might even be using some of the same terms. He's saying, stop it. So he gives us a command to test. And number two, he gives us a reason to test. He says there in, this, in, the, in the second part of verse one, test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Why? Why? for many false prophets have gone out into the world not a couple not a few he says many in fact that word there for test is the same word used to refer to when they assay metals to test their purity and their value and again he's using the present tense here in other words continually test the spirits to see if they are from god we are to continually evaluate what we see, what we hear, what we watch, and determine, does it originate from the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, or from Satan and his demons? And his urgency here is because many, many false prophets had gone out from their community. You see, Satan doesn't merely want to oppose the church. He wants to deceive the church. And his minions are out there. Not those cute little yellow ones, you know, that that my grandkids just love. But his minions, his demons, they have infiltrated denominations and churches and Christian schools and and organizations and institutions, resulting in compromise and error. I mean, Jesus himself, over in Matthew chapter 7, he's teaching his disciples about this same thing about false prophets. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves jesus says you will recognize them by their fruits are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles so every healthy tree bears good fruit jesus says but the but the diseased tree bears bad fruit a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruit, Jesus said. Because see, back in the day, a prophet would wear this wool cloak described here as sheep's clothing. And even though on outward appearance and all the fancy words they used, they appeared to be an orthodox prophet, but they must be tested. And the life of a prophet and the results of their influence on others are the fruits that will, that will indicate whether or not his message is consistent with the word of God. Jesus says here, the only thing bad trees are good for is firewood. There are many, many voices today clamoring for your and my ears, for our attention, even in the church And so it's imperative that we believers practice biblical discernment. I was reading about fire ants. Anybody got stung by a fire ant? They are amazingly adaptable. They are fiercely aggressive. They multiply overnight. Worst of all, insecticide sprays generally can't destroy the mounds of these inhabitants. Like a mighty army, they march in, impervious to brute force. And scientists, though, they've now found a a rather crafty way to wipe out an entire colony. So they take pellets of the ants' favorite food and they taint it with, with this tasteless, odorless poison. And all the army ants come out of the mound, grab up all the food, they take it down to their queen, who eats the food and slowly dies. And when the queen dies, no more worker ants are made and the entire population dies of starvation. That is how it is with false doctrine today. Those who lack discernment, we import it into our own hearts, into the hearts of our families, our communities, our churches. We think it's harmless. In fact, it's quite good. But if any wise ant starts to speak up and says, this is not true, He's ridiculed. And in the end, the next generation starves to death spiritually. John commands us to test here. And he gives us a reason to test. And then he gives us a way to test. Here's some practical ways to test. Is what you're reading, hearing, listening to, even what I'm saying today right here, is it biblical truth or is it false teaching? He gives us a theological test, a behavioral test, and a source test. You see, true teachers, true teachers are characterized by confession of the divine Lord, a possession of the divine life, and a profession of the divine law, and false teachers aren't any of it. So here's the first test in verses two and three, the theological test, or or more specifically, the Christological test. What do they teach about Jesus? Who do they say Jesus is? Who's Jesus? He says, every spirit that confesses what? That Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And again, that verb there that John uses confesses, it's in the present tense, meaning a continuing profession, saying the same thing, an unwavering confession, an open and forthright declaration of the message as one own position. The content of the expression is crucial and it must acknowledge what? That Jesus Christ came in the flesh. In other words, Jesus is God. Oh, one amen. Jesus is God. Listen, every true teacher led by the Holy Spirit agrees with scripture that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and is therefore from God, confessing a truth taught by the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ is God incarnate. Jesus proceeded from God the Father as the living Word of God who became flesh. He is one with the Father, manifested to humanity as the second person of the Trinity. He's the Son of God. And according to the plan of God, Jesus came in the flesh. Merry Christmas so that he might die a substitutionary death as a man for the sins of his people. That's the only way he will redeem all of the world who believe. And John repeatedly teaches here and emphasizes the deed of Christ. And he teaches this massive truth with vast implications that no one can honor the father without honoring the son because they were the same divine, perfect nature. Jesus is God and Jesus is man. To be saved, one must believe that Jesus is eternal deity. He's the second person of the Godhead who became a man. He's not a created being. Mere intellectual assent to that truth saves no one. To be saved, one must acknowledge Jesus as Lord. His humanity wasn't temporary. It was permanent. He's, the tr- he's truly one with humanity. He's one with God. He's completely God, completely man. That's the truth. That's the gospel. Anything else is false. It's false. And there are churches in your neighborhoods that use all the same terminology, and it's false. False any religion or philosophy that does not confess that Jesus is God is not from God such teaching is erroneous it's heretical and it's a rejection of my Jesus led by the spirit of antichrist John says here see we already know that the final antichrist is coming but the spirit of antichrist is in the world right now the true nature of Jesus is denied by false teachers and the systems they promote. But those who rightly understand Jesus Christ and portray him and his work accurately prove they possess the spirit of truth. We must be discerning we must listen and evaluate carefully the message and the messenger against the infallibility and the authority of Scripture. This is why back in the three and 400s, the heroes of the faith composed the creeds. In fact, on the back of your notes, I've given you the Nicene Creed, written in 325, amended in 381, and it goes like this. We believe in one God "'For us men and for our salvation, "'he came down from heaven. "'By the power of the Holy Spirit, "'he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary "'and was made man. "'For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. "'He suffered death and was buried. "'On the third day, he rose again. "'In accordance with the scriptures, "'he ascended into heaven. "'He seated at the right hand of the Father.'" He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic small C, an apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen." that's what we believe but our religious scene today it's overrun with false teachers led by false spirits that deny the trinity they deny the two natures of christ they deny the incarnation and john's point here is that there is great great risk on your life if you allow them to teach you about god recognize them and avoid them as your spiritual teachers. That's the theological test. Second is the behavioral test. Do they live a godly life? Verses four and five there, he says, "'You are from God and have overcome them, "'for he who is in you is greater "'than he that is in the world.'" Here, John affirms the believer's security against these false teachers. But see, some members of the community, they were easily persuaded to to forsake the truth of the gospel. But that doesn't doesn't bewilder the faithful. And and although these, these mentors appeared to belong to the community, their willingness to hear and follow the false teachers showed their true colors, and it happens today too. We are surrounded by millions of people who are devoting their lives to Allah, and Buddha, and Krishna, and Muhammad, you name them. Millions of people who believe that there are no absolutes, where all truth and morality are relative. Some of you might be sitting in this room, and you're you're the only biblical Christian in your whole family, or your community, or at your work. But John gives you hope here. He says, beloved, beloved, you are from God and have overcome them. As believers, we have confidence for he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Paul said it like this, we are more than conquerors in Romans chapter eight. Paul also wrote in 1 Corinthians two, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Listen, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Listen, we as believers, we may be unsure about some of the secondary peripheral matters, but not about the foundational truth of the gospel, not about the person and the work of Jesus Christ. We will not be fooled when false teachers devalue the work of Jesus by teaching some form of salvation by works. False teachers and their followers, he says here, they cling to worldly ideas because they're from the world. They, they, they speak as from the world and the world listens to them through what they say and how they live. These teachers are anything but genuine servants of Christ. True believers resist worldly ideas because we've overcome the world. Listen, never overestimate the power of the enemy, but never, ever underestimate the power of our God. That's the behavioral test. Third is the source test. What is the source of their truth? Who are you listening to? What's the source of their truth? He says there in verse six, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. See, true teachers led by the Holy Spirit, they proclaim God's word, his revealed word as the source of truth. They accurately proclaim the word of God and whoever knows God listens to them. And the tense of the verb there, again, we need to continue to listen and respond to truth. We can recognize true teachers by both the content of their message and by who's listening to them and who's responding to them. The completed written revelation of the Bible is the sole authority by which we test all teachings. Listen Paul said it to Timothy in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3 he said all scripture is breathed out by God. Listen, the Bible isn't some written book. It's not just some history book. It's the very word of God. When you open it, God is speaking. It's not he spoke. He's speaking. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Scripture is more sure than any human experience or sense in 1 Peter 1. It, it endures forever in 1 Peter 1. It's trustworthy in Matthew 5. It's unchanging and eternal in Isaiah 40. Jesus said it himself, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away in Matthew 24. It, that's the standard. With the help and the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, that's how we test and know the difference between biblical truth versus the spirit of error. And so John here, he gives us a command to test, a reason to test, a way to test. And here's why, as I wrap this up, here's why this is so important for today, for right now. There are many false teachers today. And we're listening to them outside the church, people like Oprah Winfrey, who teaches Jesus is not the only way to God the Father. I'm sorry, Oprah. Yes, he is. Like Deepak Chopra, who says Jesus is not the one and only son of God. I'm sorry. Yes, he is. And inside the church, this is what's really sad, Inside the church, many, many famous, well-known, highly respected, financially supported, supposed evangelicals who are false teachers. They're teaching falsehoods like there are many paths to Jesus. False. Jesus was born again in hell. False. If people simply have the faith to believe they can be healed, God will heal them through the agency of a healer false uh you you have every right to possess material wealth clothes jewelry houses cars and money in abundance and since wealth is stored up for the righteous it will remain stored up until you claim it so claim it now false if at times our efforts and works seem to fail and produce no fruit we need to remember that we are followers of jesus and his life ended in failure The failure of the cross false many false doctrines being taught today like jesus like salvation is by grace plus works false jesus is not god false god is not a trinity false baptism is required to be saved false speaking in tongues is evidence of salvation false hell does not exist false it's not true. P- false teachers misquoting the Bible. You've heard things like, "money is the root of all evil." False. First, First Timothy 6 says, "For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils." You've heard God doesn't give you more than you can handle. When I hear that, I want to scream. That's a lie. It's false. The truth is found in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Of course, he gives us more than we can handle because with him, we can handle it with him. Oh, you've heard God helps those who help themselves. False. The truth is, God doesn't help those who help themselves. He helps those who turn to him. That's not in the Bible. One of my all-time favorites, and I'm wrapping this up, you've heard God works everything for good. False. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, All things work together for good and for those who are called according to his purpose. That's the truth. Listen, our world is rife with false teachers and false teaching, and we must constantly test the spirits and discern between what is from God and what's not from God, what is truth and what is error. And using these tests that John gives us here, we can can discern between true spiritual gems and doctrinal fool's gold. You check every message, every word against the word of God. And if we guard the truth in its purity, we will guard it for ourselves and for every generation after us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.